This edition of the Go Rider podcast proudly brought to you by Thompson's, the natural advantage. Welcome to the Go Vita podcast, where your vitality is our passion. It's time to supercharge your health and wellness, to take the next step on being the best version of you. Let's get underway. Hello and welcome to the Go Vita podcast, the show dedicated to bringing you the latest and greatest wellness advice so that you can enjoy the health and vitality that you deserve. Marcus Pierce here with you, CEO of the Wellness Couch Podcast Network, and today we're talking coughs, colds, flus, sore throats, and beating the winter blues in general, and all the symptoms that we associate with winter. Joining me on the line today is a doyen of health and wellness, Victor Jubala is a qualified naturopath, medical herbalist, and homeopath based in Sydney. If that wasn't enough, he's also in the midst of a Bachelor of Exercise and Sports Science from Charles Sturt University, whilst juggling his role as an educator with Thompson's. Victor, you are an incredibly accomplished human being. Welcome to the Go Vita podcast. Oh, what an intro. Thank you so much, Marcus. Much appreciated. Oh, our pleasure. Victor, it's, a, it's, it's fortuitous that we have you on at this time of the year. I'd really like to focus on coughs, colds, flu symptoms, sore throats and the like. But before we get stuck into it all, why is it exactly that so many people fall ill during the winter months? Well, you think about the conditions that you experience during winter. You know, it's the season, as we know, where you see a massive jump of infections, you know, as a result of viral infections, such as the rhinovirus, which is basically the cause of the common cold, and also influenza as well. Quite prolific at this time of the year. The problem, though, is that when you're in places, like you, you tend to be in areas where um, these sorts of conditions can spread quite easily. So you think about places like office buildings, schools, shopping centres, places like that. And, of course, you know, you may have that situation there where there is either centralised heating or centralised air conditioning. Obviously, in this case, it's centralised heating. And that's where a lot of the infections can uh, take advantage and spread. Now, you think about someone who may be infected with either a cold or a flu, for example. They may be coughing away or sneezing away and... uh, you know, they may or may not be covering their mouths or they may not be using tissues and so forth. And what happens, of course, is that when you do cough, when you do sneeze, you pretty much have um, this situation where you're mimicking literally an aerosol can. And think about the aerosol can, right? Basically, when you press the button, you emit, um, you emit liquid or you emit uh, you know, the liquid uh, from the container. And of course, in our case, that liquid from us is pretty much all the nasty stuff like the mucus and little bits of droplets of saliva and so forth. And unfortunately, it's these particular types of um, areas where viruses can do their damage and spread and of course when you sneeze or cough you do it at such a a a fast pace of velocity that can pretty much spread those droplets all over the place and so if people are in close proximity to you um you know they can then breathe in those particles all those droplets and you end up you know, getting infected that way. Or, of course, as I mentioned before, the centralised heating or the centralised air conditioning, those droplets, if they don't have sufficient um, filtering systems, can get through um, those areas as well. And that can certainly spread um, such um, infections or pathogens as well. So that, you know, being in such close confinement to each other can certainly make way for uh, an infection such as a cold or a flu 
um, to uh, spread so easily and so prolifically. It's a great analogy that you've given and I'm all of a sudden imagining 7.7 billion human beings as aerosol cans with a little nozzle as their head and it's all just coming out, as you said, with the force of a, of a cough or a sneeze. I'm thinking of my three children running around the house as little aerosol cans and then you talk about the the heating vents and, and, and everything that you've just suggested. I am a massive fan of analogies, particularly when it comes to health uh, because it can be so confusing for the consumer to, to really understand it. But it's a really great way to understand, I suppose, why it happens even more in the winter months because you've got people in, in close proximity, say in a house to keep warm and the rest, but then you've got the centralized heating or some type of other aerosol device, so to speak, um, where, where, like you said, these, droplet, these droplets are moving around and, and with a, a fair degree of force as well. Why don't we, why don't we touch base on symptom number one um, and the cough? Let's talk about this. As a herbalist and a naturopath, what do you suggest for people dealing with a cough? Well, the good thing about, well, not the good thing, of course, but the one thing about cough is that they do come in various forms. So I like to call it quite simply either a wet cough or a dry cough. So let's start with a wet cough. So you think about the wet cough is that basically you've got this, you know, this massive mucus in your chest, sort of bubbling away in, in, in your chest. And, you know, you can sort of hear it as you breathe. And, of course, when you cough, you start to, you know, splatter out, you know, maybe a, a, a gob of mucus here and there, or you're also constantly blowing your nose. You know, you're going through that boxes of tissues just to be able to get rid of the mucus, whether it's a cough or a sneeze or just simply clearing out your nasal passages with mucus. I know it's not a very good look or obviously doesn't sound uh, appealing, but a lot of people go through this t- uh, sort of cough throughout wintertime. And so one of my first go-to herbs when I think of cough, particularly where there's a lot of mucus, is ivy leaf. Now, what oh, ivy leaf does, ivy, ivy leaf, yeah, so ivy leaf is a beautiful herb because one thing that one thing that ivy leaf can do for us is that it can actually help to break up that mucus, you know, that mucus that we're coughing up constantly or that we're trying to get rid of from our, from our chest. The beautiful thing about ivy leaf is that uh, now, of course, you can't really Imagine the, putting the words mucus and beauty in the one. <laughs> in the, in the yeah, yeah, it's what's it called an oxymoron, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but the, the good thing about ivy leaf is that it actually is a herb that can help to break up that mucus. And so by breaking up that mucus much more effectively, you can expel that mucus a lot better. And so therefore, by getting rid of that um, by, by breaking up that mucus effectively, you can get rid of that mucus even more effectively as well. And so as a result of that, the cough, particularly that wet cough, can start to subside. And look, the beautiful thing about ivy leaf is that it tastes great. Uh-huh. To the point where, yes, yes, because, you know, sometimes when you, when you talk about in my field in herbal medicine, in traditional herbal medicine, um, a lot of people... You know, when they've taken herbs in the past, they automatically think about some of the, you know, the, the, the tastes that can vary in terms of flavour. And sometimes a lot of the herbs aren't the best tasting things in the world when it comes to having to take as medicine. But the good thing about ivy leaf, it tastes beautiful to the point where even children appreciate the flavour. Yes. Children. That's always a big thing so, for kids, isn't it? They really uh, will not go anywhere near a medicine that... Uh 
uh, doesn't taste nice. I remember growing up as a child. I'm just, you know, have memories of my mum running around, chasing me around the house, <laughs> trying me to get something down. Um, so, I mean, I must be honest, I haven't heard of ivy leaf. So, I'm excited as a parent that there is actually a herb that not only is incredibly effective for for a mucus uh, or for, as you, as you called it, a thick mucus, which the, the visual of it isn't that appealing, but it's actually almost, it's almost exciting to know that there is a herb, this ivy leaf that actually tastes um, great as well. Kids won't be running, um, trying to escape their parents anymore. Well, that's exactly right. And I'm also, you know, I'm a father of four and I've got three young children that are under the age of nine and so therefore you know you, you you want to try and have something like this available just in case because obviously you don't want your kids to get sick but of course if something happens i mean as i mentioned before when you're in an environment like a school it's very easy for kids to be able to catch absolutely and blues from others and yeah. so therefore you want to have something at home just in case and a herb like this is beautiful it's there that you can, you know, that the parents can use it when needed. And the thing is with this, the kids love it. So they'll take it and it's going to do the job. It's going to help break up that, you know, that, that, that pile of mucus that's in their chest, helps to loosen it up, help to, you know, help to expel that mucus a lot easier. And as a result of that, the symptoms of it, that, that wet cough start to subside. And the taste, yeah. Awesome. Uh, it's um, no no two ways about it. It's just a, a herb that 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 kids and adults alike can appreciate. And certainly, um, you know, once you 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 feel the results, um, it's certainly a, a herb that you would love to keep in your you know in your herbal medicine cabinet all year round if necessary. That's really good. Ivy leaf. I v y leaf. All right, that's wonderful. So that's the wet cough. What about the dry cough? Ah, oh, the dry cough. Well, you know, one of one of the one of the um, conditions I think of when it comes to dry cough is that hacking cough, and particularly the coughs that you associate with bronchitis, where you know you're coughing away. You may or may not be having a bit of mucus with that cough, but particularly when there's no mucus, it's very dry. It has an impact on your chest and your throat. You start to feel the pain when you. You know that that velocity effect of a cough. It just has an impact on your your respiratory passages and your throat to the point where it feels raw. That sort of rawness feeling when you cough, and it's not a pleasant feeling at all. People so are scared. It's it the cough that people are scared to cough it. They can feel it coming, and they don't want to cough it, but they know they can't do anything to stop it. That's it, and you can see them. It's sort of like they're clutching at their chest every time they cough. They sort of mm. buckle over, and they hunch over and it's just such an uh you know such a uh, an uncomfortable feeling so with those sorts of coughs i like to recommend what i call soothing herbs you know herbs that actually help to i guess soothe protect take away some of that potential inflammation that's involved with that particular cough so i look towards herbs like those and one of my favorite herbs is good old licorice Licorice is a beautiful herb when it comes to helping to soothe that dry cough. See, licorice has what we call a demulcent action. And what a demulcent is, it's basically a substance that helps to soothe irritation. And you think about a dry cough, it's irritating. The pain's there. So a herb like licorice, beautiful licorice, can actually help to soothe that dryness, that roughness, 
that a dry cough can have on um, on on an individual. And along with that as well, one of my other favourite demulcent herbs is marshmallow. So marshmallow, you know, when you think about marshmallow, of course, you think about roasting those those confectionery pillows of joy over a fire <laughs> or you know when you go and you order your hot chocolate right you get your hot chocolate and you dunk your marshmallow in uh, in uh, in that hot chocolate well you know the thing is marshmallow that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about the traditional marshmallow so and in fact the traditional marshmallow that's how it's that's how it kicked off the whole confectionery confectionery version of marshmallow it's a root now the marshmallow itself is actually a roots plant or a plant that's primarily the roots and it's quite a sweet root uh in terms of the flavor and i guess that's where the initial or the original uh confectionery version of marshmallow came from of course now we know that marshmallow it's primarily um all synthetic but the traditional natural marshmallow roots is very sweet as well plus the bonus of that marshmallow root is that it's also has it also has this nice demulcent action. I find it's useful as well for sore throats, and that's where you find um, that a lot of marshmallow is useful as well. So it's great for your sore throats um, as well. Again, for that nice soothing aspect of the um, of the uh, demulcent action of marshmallow. The other herb which I also like is ginger. Ginger is brilliant. Um, you know, you, you, again, you think about ginger as a um, a nice warming remedy, and that's where it that's where I believe the therapeutic nature of um, of ginger lies in its warming action. And then you think about, of course, once again the winter months where you have this you know this this cold that that, that occurs, this this cold, the coldness that occurs, and you know it doesn't help when you have a cough or a cold or a flu when it's so cold outside. And the good thing about ginger root is that it actually warms from the inside. You can literally taste that warmth as you um, as you um, as you take that ginger. So I find that when you combine ginger and licorice in particular, that proves to be a nice warming um, formulation that is also what we call anti-tussive. So you may not have heard the term anti-tussive before, but anti-tussive is simply roughly meaning anti-cough. So tussive means coughing, and so therefore that combination of licorice and ginger has a nice anti-tussive effect as well. Once again, very important for helping to subdue that dry hacking cough. So licorice and ginger as a combination, beautiful combination when it comes to um, your dry coughs. Oh, this is good. um, Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is awesome. And then, oh, it doesn't stop there. Yeah. There's some other, yeah, some other great herbs as well. Like one of my favorite, one of my other favorite herbs as well. Now this herb is starting to make uh, some inroads again. It's called white forehand. You ever heard of white forehand before? No. This is fabulous for no. me. I'm learning plenty. I hope the listeners are learning as much as I am. This is wonderful. Oh yes. Yeah. So it's so a white forehand. It's a herb which we've used in clinic practice for, 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 for many years. It's actually another one of these great traditional herbs for cough as well, just like the licorice is. Um, and traditionally it's been used for coughs of all nature, but especially of that cough of a hacking nature as well, like the cough you see in bronchitis. Now, we spoke, I mentioned before about traditional use. The, 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 the really good thing about white forehound 
is that, and not many people know this, is that it was actually used traditionally in Ayurvedic medicine, which is traditional Indian herbal medicine. It was also used in Native American herbal medicine as well. And for the Aussies out there, that's most of us, you'll love this. It's actually also a traditional Aboriginal herb that was also used for cough as well. So this is a herb that um, the Aborigines would rely on as part of their treatments when it comes to to uh, the cough of a lot of different nature, but especially that dry cough. So white whorehound has this wonderful traditional history when it comes to uh, all sorts of cough, but particularly that dry cough. So there we've got it. You've got licorice, you've got marshmallow, you've got ginger, you've got white whorehound as wonderful herbs when it comes to to coughs. And I said before with marshmallow for that sore throat, if there's a sore throat involved with that cough as well. And look, the other important thing about coughs, of course, we we know that there is an infection that normally is the um, the instigator, I guess you could say, of these coughs. And so you, what you want to do is to try and support immune function. And so one of my go-to herbs, one of my all-time herbs when it comes to supporting immune function is echinacea. So echinacea, again, traditionally and nowadays are used, is used quite prolifically when it comes to immune support because a lot of people when they get infections in the first place that are then uh, that are then relate uh, then um, becoming uh, a nature where coughing is a problem um, their immune functions are quite low to begin with and so echinacea you combine that once again with herbs like the licorice and so forth you're not only helping to subdue the cough but you're also supporting the immune function as well at the same time so hopefully you know, shorten the duration of the infection that's causing the cough in the first place, but also um, hopefully preventing any further problems with colds and flus associated with cough as well. And on that note, we're talking about echinacea for immune support. Um, another good herb when it comes to, I guess, its actions when it comes to dealing with pathogens, uh, particularly viruses, is eucalyptus oil. So eucalyptus very small amount. You don't need much, but eucalyptus oil um, is wonderful as an antiviral and also an anti-inflammatory as well. So we talk about those, you know, the conditions where there's inflammation with that cough, causing all that pain and discomfort. Small amount of uh, eucalyptus oil is very useful and effective uh, for that as well. So yes, you know, um, you can go and do the. Um, you can do the inhalations with uh, with uh, eucalyptus oil. Perfect. Do that. But combine that with eucalyptus oil in very tiny amounts from within the body. Now, I wouldn't suggest you go to a, a health food store or a pharmacy and literally um, buy eucalyptus oil and take that down. No, I'd avoid that. But, you know, if you can find formulations that have small amounts of eucalyptus oil in that particular formulation, particularly for coughs, you're on a good thing there because it's going to add to the benefits of everything else you're doing if you're combining it with, you know, licorice and ginger and so forth. Back to this wonderful conversation with Victor in just a moment. Now listen up, GoVita podcast fans. During the month of June, when you head into your local GoVita store, you'll receive over 30% off the recommended retail price of Thompson's Manuka Cough cold and sore throat range. That's 30% off the recommended retail price of Thompson's Manuka cough, cold and sore throat range. How awesome is that? Okie doke, back to Victor. 
Yeah, this is wonderful. And particularly just whilst we're on the on the on the topic here, there's a lot of information here, folks, which we're all learning a lot about. The best thing you can do is to go into your GoVita store, speak to your GoVita professional or in-store naturopath, and ask them about the topics and the ingredients that Victor's bringing up here, so you can find the right product for you. Because as you say, Victor, this is not something that you just want to go and uh, DIY, you definitely want to go in and not everyone uh, can get to a Victor Chabala who's a, a naturopath, a herbalist and a homeopath but you can go into your GoVita store and speak to your GoVita professional and they can guide you um, with the information that Victor is sharing here. Is there anything you want to add on that because you're going through a, you're going through a wonderful list here, you're on a roll. Is there any anything else on your list before I hit you up with another question? Um, at this stage, no, no. As I said before, that you, you've got to. I mean, gosh, I mean, really, I can I can go for another hour on talking about herbs that <laughs> you can also, yeah, utilize for cough. There's so many out there, but of course, you know, I don't want to take too much time and uh, and and bore everyone. Hopefully, I'm hoping no, I'm no, boring no. everybody with this. Well, but, uh, I just but, wanted yeah, to ask you, <laughs> yeah, and that and that. No, I think it's great that there, that there is some form of a limit on it because, like you said, there are so many that that we could. Um, learn about but I think I think the list that you've given is wonderful and we'll recap that list towards the end of the episode but what about the sore throat because this is the one that a lot of people you know they get a throat um, it could be in a different like they might not have the cough but the, the the cold may begin with a sore throat if that makes sense so they've got a different symptom um, what is it is there like a I suppose something that people can look at if they've got the symptoms of a sore throat that they can look at on a herbal level to help them with a sore throat because if they're not getting the cough but they've got a raging sore throat sometimes that can be just as if not more inconvenient oh absolutely and that's why I brought up marshmallow earlier because I I um, you know I was getting carried away and talking about marshmallow when it comes to cough and that sort of irritating cough but yes sore throat Again, you know, you want to you want to soothe that. That's what you want. You know, like people with those sore throats, it's like you've got razor blades in your throat. You know, in some cases, I hear about people when they say they got sore throats, they literally want to try and shove their shove their toothbrush down their throat to try and scratch away the irritation. Those sorts of you know feelings as well. And so, look, the best thing is to try and soothe that throat to begin with. So you want that quick acting soothing relief, and that's where a herb like marshmallow. Um, does the trick um, again with that demulsance, that anti-irritating action of of, uh, of marshmallow to help soothe that irritation in the throat. Beautiful stuff. And one of my other favourite herbs uh, when it comes to soothing um, that irritation of the throat is good old clove oil. Mm-hmm. Okay, so clove oil, we yes. Yeah, so uh, traditionally, as we you know, a lot of us may know, uh, clove oil is wonderful for toothache. But clove oil, um, again, in very small amounts, is also a very effective way of helping to relieve the um, the irritation of sore throat. Because when you think about clove, it's a it has literally like a numbing sensation. It's like a how can I describe? It's like an anaesthetic almost. So that's what it feels like. So you're basically helping to numb that dreaded pain that's associated with. Uh, with sore throats and so clove oil in very small amounts is quite effective um, as well for um, for that dry or that irritated sore throat so what we've got we've got marshmallow we've got clove oil let me give you another couple of my favorites now another one of my favorite herbs is sage yep okay so beautiful sage and again sage is one of these 
beautiful herbs that have been around for, for centuries. You know, it's one of these cure-alls, basically. But sage as a topical herb for sore throats is also effective. It's actually had, it actually has an anti-inflammatory action when it comes to, um, when it comes to sore throats. And also for people with um, problems with um, uh, mouth irritations as well, like you're talking about things like gingivitis, it can be quite useful for that as well, as is another herb which I'll be talking about shortly. Um, so that's the sage. And then, of course, we're looking at um, other herbs that can actually help with, uh, once again, the inflammation. And a really good herb I like for this in terms of, uh, again, for, for inflammation is myrrh. Okay, so yep. some of you may be familiar with myrrh. So you think back to the, the three wise men. Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what I think of. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone thinks of that. Right? Everyone thinks of, oh, yes, myrrh, one of the three wise, you know, one of the gifts that the, the three wise men gave to, uh, to the infant Jesus. And so myrrh. And see, that, that story is, I mean, you know, it is wonderful in the fact that even back then, a herb like myrrh was held in such high regard. And as to uh, as of today, it still stands in terms of its, I guess you could say, its hierarchy of importance when it comes to herbal medicine because it has such a wonderful array of actions in the body. But what's really key about myrrh is that it also has an anti-inflammatory action, particularly in the throat. Now, we're talking about conditions here that can be quite prolific during wintertime. Things like, like conditions like, tonsillitis i mean if you ever had tonsillitis it's it's an awful condition to have you yeah know, particularly if it's recurring as well oh exactly and that's the problem so you know in tonsillitis those tonsils in the back of your throat they're red they're inflamed they're sore very hard to treat and it takes in a lot of cases a long time to recover effectively and so the beautiful thing about a herb like myrrh is that myrrh can actually, literally, you know, you can, you can, you know, take myrrh and cover or target the throat. So literally target the tonsils and that direct action or application of myrrh on the tonsils um, can actually instigate the anti-inflammatory action straight away. So um, myrrh is what we call a, a lymphatic herb and the gland or the tonsils are part of the lymphatic system. So literally, you are, yeah, you, know, you have the chance to target directly uh, those inflamed tonsils, which are inflamed lymph glands, with a lymphatic herb like myrrh. So myrrh can be a super herb for people like that, you know, like um, like that who may suffer from tonsillitis or reoccurring tonsillitis on a regular basis. And if that's not enough, there's another beautiful herb that also has similar type of resins and is also specific for inflammation of the throat is calendula. Uh-huh. Okay, so calendula is another herb, yeah, that also has an anti-inflammatory action when it comes to um, inflammation regarding the throat area. Wow. So, yeah, so you have this wonderful, yeah, wonderful array of, of herbs. I'd also consider echinacea once again yep. because echinacea is a, a herb. I mean, again, sore throats more than likely to be, a, you know, to have a an origin where there is infection. Echinacea can also, again, just help to support 
uh, the immune system as well. And on the, just one more thing, there's one of my uh, one of the other areas, just going away from the sore throat part for a moment. There's a lot of people in winter tend to suffer from mouth ulcers. Okay, so mouth ulcers, very painful condition as we as we all as we all know, and a nice combination, a beautiful combination when it comes to soothing mouth ulcers is combining myrrh and sage. So just a couple of little tidbits there for Two little tips. Um, to, to, to oh, you're yeah. showing off now, so, Victor. You're showing off with all this knowledge. It's, an, it's a great list that you've put together. <laughs> I've been taking oh, notes. I've got calendula you know, and... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good. So, you know, Marcus, what, what makes it really fun and, well, not again, not that I'm saying that having a cough and sore throats is fun, but when you do have these conditions, and I've actually gone through these myself over the years, is that you can actually experiment and you can, you know, and uh, having a, a herbal dispensary um, over so many, uh, well, almost two decades now, I've had a herbal dispensary and you can sort of mix up your own, you know, mixes of herbs and, um, you know, myrrh and sage for me was always a nice combination that I'd mix up if that, uh, you know, that, 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 that mouth ulcer came about and was just bugging me and, you know, you, you just wouldn't heal you know, quickly and the redness and the pain associated with it was also there. So like you literally, you know, stick your mouth in front of the of the, of the mirror and you can see this patch of redness from that ulcer and you just want to get rid of it. So, yeah, and, and that's what I, that's the thing. Like you get to, you, you get to know all these herbs intimately and it makes it easier to be able to recommend when you yourself have actually um, tried it, you know, experimented and tried it for, for all various conditions. And so I just find that, combination of myrrh and sage is beautiful when it comes to helping to soothe and heal those um, those dreaded mouth ulcers. So those herbs that we spoke about, you know, beautiful combination when it comes to sore throats, but an added bonus when it comes to sorting out mouth ulcers and even other you know, other types of mouth infections like gingivitis as well. You've got quite a nice array of herbs that can target those areas. Oh, you've been a wealth of information. We must say before we wrap this up that uh, with anything when we're talking about health, uh, particularly around the winter times, um, there is a disclaimer. And as always, if you have children under two years of age, please get um, specific medical advice for them. And as always, make sure you read the label. Use only as directed if symptoms persist so your healthcare professional. All herbal ingredient claims are based on their traditional use in Western herbal medicine. Victor, it's been an absolute godsend listening to you speak, particularly at this time of the year. Can't thank you enough for your passion and your inspiration and your knowledge. I know exactly where I'll be going and what I'll be doing. Um, I'll be going to a GoVita store, talking to my GoVita health professional or naturopath, discussing the ingredients that you've shared um, and the symptoms along with it. Thank you so so much for sharing your knowledge on this edition of the Go Vita podcast. No problem at all, uh, Marcus. It's been fun. Thanks very much. Guys, if you've enjoyed this episode, the best thing you can do is to subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend, show your friends and family how to listen to podcasts, and you'll open up a whole new world for them. You can spread the love by leaving a review in iTunes. Make sure you head on over to govita.com.au where you can check out the latest Go magazine. That's Go Vita's quarterly mag with recipes, tips, special offers, and more. And remember, when next you're doing your shopping, make sure you do so in one of the 150 Go Vita stores around Australia because at Go Vita, your vitality is our passion. Bye for now.
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.